the person who gets the most done has the least excuses. Welcome to the Millionaire Woman Show, where we'll be discussing leadership, business, human potential, inspiring you to live rich from the inside out. Unlock your creativity, stretch out of your comfort zone, break through your barriers, take inspired action, and achieve epic results. Now here's your host, three-time best-selling author, speaker, and certified executive coach, Deborah Kozowski. Hello, everyone, and welcome to The Millionaire Woman Show, where I'm your host, Deborah Kozowski, and we bring you guests from around the world to inspire, motivate you, and take educate you into moving into action. Today, I have a special guest, Eva Medelik. She's an executive certified high performance coach. She has coached both men and women in the areas of personal development, leadership, and mastering habits for success in their personal and professional lives. She specializes in helping busy professionals have more money, time, and success without sacrificing health, well-being, and relationships in the process. She uses her personal experiences along with her leadership, relationship, and high-performance training to teach you to have it all. Please welcome Eva Medelik to the show. Hey, Eva, it's so great to have you here. It's so great to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, let's jump right in. I, I know that, you know, when people hear high-performance, and then they think, well, I'm performing. What's what's the big deal? What's the difference? Can you tell us a little bit more about what high performance truly is? Of course. You see, most of us who are professionals, who are very busy, are trying to do it all, be it all, and have it all. And we end up sometimes burnt out, stressed out, and overwhelmed. I'm sure maybe one or two of us have felt that when we're trying to do everything and be everything for everyone. And as a result, we end up sacrificing in the process. We either sacrifice our health, our well-being, our relationships. It's almost like something's got to give as we're trying to have that balance. When you have high performance, you are succeeding consistently over the long term while maintaining a life full of healthy, positive emotions and relationships while you're reaching that next level of success. And it really is about establishing the habits, practices and principles that support having a both and and not either or and learning what priorities are moving your values and your goals forward in life. You know, I was just reading someone's social media post, that, um, I think it was last night, they showed the ampersand, you know, the fancy and letter, that people need to pay more attention to, that we could have and versus either or, when we make a decision that it could be and. So why do you think people move into compromise and sacrifice? Well, here's the thing. We're sacrificing the wrong things. You know, you don't have to sacrifice everything, but you will have to sacrifice some things. And the problem comes in to what we are choosing to sacrifice. You know, we are sacrificing, uh, for example, sacrificing our health in an effort to be healthy because we're trying to live up to a different, someone else's standard of healthiness uh, and what, 
what good health looks like, what a healthy body looks like. We really are working off of a blueprint of other people's priorities and we try to do it all ourselves. We don't reach out for help and support. We say yes to a lot of things that are really not pushing our priorities forward when we really need to say no and create some boundaries. And saying no does not necessarily mean that you're a mean, bad person. A lot of us have a story around saying no. I was sharing a story the other day of, you know, when I was forced to eat broccoli <laughs> as a child. And if I didn't eat all of the broccoli on my plate, I couldn't watch TV, which my favorite show is I Love Lucy. And the problem was, my mother overcooked broccoli. It was mushy, it was smelly, it smelled like poop. And I found myself choking it down so that I could have the reward <laughs> of watching I Love Lucy. And so saying no to eating broccoli meant punishment for me. Yeah. And so, and there's a lot of things we can relate to in our early life experience where saying no meant we were doing something wrong, we were bad and we wouldn't get a reward. Well, when we think about our lives and how we build our businesses and how we walk through life, saying no has this connotation where we'll get punished. We won't get the promotion. We won't be thought of, people won't like us. And so we have learned to say yes to too much and saying no to ourselves and what moves our boundary, our priorities forward. And so it's not that you don't have to sacrifice, it's that you need to sacrifice the right things. You need to let go of what doesn't serve you and what is not a blueprint of your own priorities. You know, I was just having a conversation with someone earlier today that we were talking about boundaries and how, you know, conditioning from childhood, uh, different experiences, gets you to a place of compromising so much of yourself to the amount that you, you can possibly even give away your power, which I've even learned in the process, ends up being a form of self-betrayal, right? Because you're not following in on what you want to do and no, no fault of anybody. I think, you know, people, parents are always doing the best with what they knew majority of the time and it just carries forward from generation to generation it's not until we break patterns that don't serve us and start relearning new like getting rid of old patterns and starting to learn new patterns and adjusting some of the others based on what we truly want because i love what you said you know we end up you know looking maybe at social media for guidance for health healthy things or we look at our friends or you know because we didn't learn all those things necessarily there's so much to learn in life that you know you're, you've only been equipped with a certain amount of things and so much of that is flashed in our face and we're trying to keep up and we get in this comparison energy you know and here's the thing i read an article once in ink magazine and they said that the more miserable you are, the happier your social media post. And it was based <laughs> off of a Twitter post that someone had posted on Twitter for people to share a, a photo of themselves, really happy, having a good time. They had posted on social media 
when they were really going through um, something hard or they were depressed or they were unhappy, they looked really happy in the photo. And that Twitter post, uh, thousands and thousands of responses from people sharing these happy photos when they were depressed, suicidal, their relationship was bad. And, you know, from my own experience, not only with my friends, but some of my clients, I look at their social media posts and you would think their lives are perfect. And then you talk to them and they're not happy with their husband, but every other post is, oh, the love of my life, happy birthday, it's our anniversary, and they're near divorce. Yeah. <laughs> you know, people are living what I call a fake book life, and others see that, and we always want to compare yeah. ourselves. And so we, we try to do more, and it's not about doing more, and it's even not about doing less for the sake of doing less, it's about learning what to let go of and what not to let go of so that we have the mental energy and the physical stamina to live our best lives because we, we just don't have the bandwidth and the energy to keep up a lot of what we think we're expected to do. You know, if you're on a racetrack, if you've ever seen cars on a racetrack, I know for myself, when I was younger, I used to wonder why are they getting off when they, the race isn't over and they're in the lead and they're, you know, people are going to pass them and they're not going to win, but they get off to take that pit stop, right? Before the tire goes flat and before the engine cracks or blows up or the oil dries up, they're right. stopping while they're ahead. They're getting off and they're taking care of themselves. We as humans don't do that for our bodies and our minds and our spirits enough. And when we start to get stressed out, burned out and overwhelmed, it affects how we show up and who we're being. So I would tell everybody, take your pit stops. I just came back from one myself. You know, it wasn't, it was a year ago. I did one of those 24 hour silence. I just took myself to a, to a place and stayed for 24 hours. I didn't allow myself to use my phone at all. I had a journal and I don't know if I pulled out a book, but 24 hours. And it was the first time I've ever done something like that. And uh, it was a very interesting experience. I slept actually. I couldn't believe how much I slept. And then I'd get up, I'd eat something. I journaled it. You know, I'd wake up at two in the morning and just journaled whatever was in my head and went outside for a walk. and. It was refreshing, and now I've even taken myself to a hotel for a weekend just to have time to myself. So, you know, I you never realize how much you need something just to be in your own space and reconnect with your creativity and who you are. It's it's really liberating, actually. <laughs> I just did that too. I was in um, I live in California, so I went up to to Napa to California and stayed at a spa for three nights alone. No husband, no doggy, nobody, just me and no agenda. The only agenda I had was to have no agenda and just to give myself a break from holding space for everyone else in my life, you know, your family, your friends, your clients, all of the people that we hold space for. And it was, it was really special to just be and walk around and be creative. And it allows me to be a better wife, 
a better mother, a better friend, uh, a better coach to my clients because I'm not showing up with like the weight of negative energy on my shoulders at all, but I really get to give everybody the best of me. And that's what high performance is. It really is creating um, habits, practices, and principles so that you can show up on your A game in every area of your life. Doesn't mean you're the CEO of a big company, you know, or uh, an athlete who's in peak performance. It's really who you are being as you are living your life. So let's talk about boundaries. I know that's an area that many people struggle with and, and sometimes we don't even realize it, right? We give away that power or we say yes to everything and without realizing that when we say yes to everything, we're giving away a lot of energy. And mm. when we don't say no to the right things, that it also drains our energy. Can you speak a little bit more to that? Yeah, I would love to. It's funny, I was writing a lot about that this past weekend away. You know, you've got to look at why you're saying no, first of all, because some people say no because they're afraid of the stretch and the growth and be aware of what that fear is. Like, why are you saying no? And I always ask myself when I want to say no, am I saying no because I don't think I can do it? I don't trust myself and I don't want to work that hard or stretch and it's because of fear? Or am I saying no because it really doesn't support what I'm creating in the moment? And that's where you get to ask yourself certain questions about why you say yes and why you say no. I say yes way too much because I have what I call FOMO, fear of missing out. And I can trace it back to my childhood, back when it started. It's fun. It's, it's like one of those memories that stay in my mind that I'm, I'm afraid I'm going to miss out on an opportunity if I don't say yes. Or what if I meet somebody amazing if I don't say yes? And that caused a lot of burnout in my, in my life and a lot of stress, frustration, and overwhelm to the point where, you know, I wasn't being the best person I could be in my relationship. And at one point, I discovered my husband's infidelity. Now I share that with you because I got to take responsibility for who I was being in that relationship that um, played a part in the breakdown of our relationship. But I will just say to your listeners and anybody watching that we did break through that and we, we now have learned how to be the best version of ourselves for each other. And so that's where the boundaries come in. My relationship is important. Who I am being when I'm in relationship is important. So there are certain things that even though my FOMO comes up and my yes comes up, my priority is here. And if it doesn't support my where my priorities are, I won't, I'll say no, I won't say yes to it. And so it's really important to not be scattered all over the place and to be focused and clear on what your priorities are. And when your priorities and values are clear, the decisions that you make become easier. I believe Roy Disney had a quote similar to that one. Priorities are clear, decisions become easy. And deciding mean what to cut out and what not to cut out. And so it really is about clarity 
and creating boundaries so that you're not going off track. You're not going in a different direction that takes you off the beaten path of your GPS to your goals and priorities. You know, one of our previous guests, Anthony Trucks, he was sharing how his relationship had been in demise and how they recovered from it as well. And, you know, I want to commend you, Eva, because I think, and, you know, Anthony said as well, I had to see what part I played in that, yes. you know, and I don't think people completely understand because I know I'll say to someone, you need to own it. And they're like, what does that mean? What I am owning it. I'm moving forward. And I'm like, that's not owning it. Just moving forward with your life is not saying, okay, what part did I play in this? How did I contribute to this situation? So, you know, and it takes a lot for people to take some time to reflect and say, wow, I had a part in this. I, I actually reading a book by Marianne, um, Marianne Franklin. It's called The Heart Focused Coaching. And mm. hers wasn't a recovery of um, the relationship from what I can tell, but she said, you know, when I did reflection and learned about coaching, I knew that I played a part. I wasn't the angel. She calls it, I wasn't the angel I thought I was in the relationship, right? Mm -hmm. So I mean, it, it was know. about how, how she showed up. And I think yeah. that's the big thing. When we wanna be in high performance, we need to look at how are we showing up? How are we contributing to any situation? Because it's not from that place of blame right exactly it's it's about taking radical responsibility for who you are being because when you take responsibility for your part you know there was always this beyonce song or destiny's child you know always 50 50 in relationship and i and i used to think like i don't want 50 percent of you i want us each to give 100 percent and so Part of that is taking responsibility of um, who you are being, how you are being to each other. Um, are you bringing out the best of each other? Are you speaking, one of, my, one of my favorite books is the five love languages. Are you speaking each other's love languages to each other? Are you making that effort that supports um, each other, but also making sure that you ask for and get what you need in a relationship? and not having your partner guess <laughs> what it is. You know, you've got to really be honest in your communication and of, if you're not getting what you need, you get to ask for it and you get to have that conversation. Yeah, and I think the biggest thing with the love languages, Gary Chapman does a really great job, is that people need to understand that if their partner has a different love language it's your responsibility to learn that language. And it is like learning a new language, whether it be Italian, Japanese, you know, whatever it might be, you are going into unknown territory and it's something exactly. to learn. Exactly. And it's funny because like, I'm, I'm from the East Coast originally, so I'm a little bit of that, like that tough New York exterior to where, words of affirmation, like when you're in New York, like you don't need to be praised for everything. You know, you just do it and it's expected of you. And if you're with someone who needs that and that's their love language, 
like you said, it's like my, my husband's German and I've made several attempts to learn German, which is another hard language to learn, as is a love language that goes against kind of how I was brought up, you know? And so it's that dual responsibility to figure it out. Like I, I will say that my love language is physical touch and hugs and um, not how my husband grew up. And so when I wasn't getting it, and, th and this is really funny, I would really make up this story. He knows this is my love language. He's not giving it to me. Obviously he doesn't love me or he doesn't listen to me or he doesn't care about me. And then I, you know, came to the realization like, why don't you just ask for a hug if you need a hug? <laughs> and when I started doing that, he was like, oh, like the light bulb, like, right, 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 that's yours. So I got to remind him instead of being all like attitude and pissed off about it. And so it's so it it's done so much for for getting rid of disappointment and frustration in our relationship. And it's helped us each feel seen, heard, and respected by the other, which is where a lot of conflict can be begin when you don't feel seen, heard, and respected in in relationship, whether, you know, it's an intimate relationship or a friendship or even, you know, a co-working colleague relationship. So, you know, I just love sharing that story because I take the responsibility. If he can't figure out that I need it in that moment, I get to ask for it. And I know once I ask for it, I'll get whatever I want. And I, I think that's so important because, you know, in the book, I remember the part that stood out to me the most was whatever someone complains about, the most is chances are that's their love language. So if someone's like, you never spend time with me, it's probably because their love language is quality time. It doesn't need to be quantity. It has to do with quality. So, and I also love how you talk about asking for what you need, right? Because with conditioning again, you know, might not be used to asking for what you need. Exactly. And women, uh, I have to say, we are sometimes guilty of expecting people to know and read our minds based on our body language. And, um, and most men, some men, I'm not going to say most, but there's some men who just can't pick up on those clues and we make their lives so much easier if we can just be honest in our communication. I mean, you know, when I, you know, when I, when I coach people in their relationships as well, when their spouse asks them what's wrong and they say nothing and clearly nothing's wrong, you know, they always want somebody to pull it out of them, you know, and I find this pattern in a lot of relationships, not all, but a lot. And we would just help each other out so much if we would help each other out. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> I love that. You know, just ask for what you want. Now, how can a person achieve success? without a lot of sacrifice? I would say you are going to have to sacrifice some things, but you have to sacrifice, you know, making poor choices, making bad decisions, making things that are not moving your priorities forward. And don't sacrifice what's important to you. Don't, don't sacrifice your family. I mean, I, I hear a lot of executives are working all these long hours and working hard for their family, but not spending any time with their family. You know, I used to see whole families on vacation 
waiting for the husband to come just for the, the, the dad to come just for the weekend or the husband to come just for the weekend because they were so busy working, I guess, to pay for that vacation or whatever it was. So, you know, I think the, the misunderstanding happens when we talk about work-life balance. Mm -hmm. And most people have an idea in their mind that balance needs to be equal. And it's not. Yeah. It's not equal. Balance is really where you spend it, your intention, your attention on when you need it. And that's where agreements come in your relationships. Um, for example, there may be a project that has a deadline and you will have to burn the midnight oil, so to speak, to get the project done. Like, I wouldn't just do that without letting my family know this is what I need to do, but it's only for three days and I could use the support of helping with dinner and walking the dog and all things like that while I work on this. And then there are times when there is times just for my family and my clients and, and, and my coworkers need to know that, no, I'm not making appointments on this day because it's, you know, it's somebody's birthday or we're going away and it's just going to be us. So it really is balance is going to look unequal. And that's how balance looks. It's always going to be moving around. And once we realize that we're not spending the same amount of time with our family that we're spending in our business, but sometimes one will get more time, more of our time than others, or even on ourselves, then it takes the pressure off of us mm -hmm. trying to make it all work. And, and it helps us really ask for support when we need it, because that's where the key is. We always think we have to do it all, and we don't. And we teach people how to treat us. And by not saying no and setting those boundaries, mm -hmm. that's when things keep coming. But also when you're able to say no and you put those limits in or express, you know, you will not treat me this way or this is the time I have for you. You know, or can we make an appointment next week versus this week because I have things that are competing priority. Exactly. We teach people how to treat us. Mm -hmm. And there's something what I think about the CEO or the executive or, you know, the business owner who cannot leave for, you know, three to five days. There's got to be something wrong with the system. There's got to be something that, you know, that trust factor too, depending on what it is, you know, it might be a short term project, but honestly, it, I think that if you couldn't step away for a few days and have it being able to run itself, mm -hmm. it's missing something. Whether it be yeah, you know, it's resources. Leadership. Yeah, <laughs> the leadership portion, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. Because it shouldn't be about sacrificing those relationships to the end. And that, yeah. that and we do hear such stories that didn't need to happen when you know somebody is actually home for supper once in a while right yeah you know we all have the same 24 hours in a day right? and you know how we spend our time and our energy and our efforts is a direct reflection of our priorities and so you know i i used to be like that as when i was a single mom raising two daughters i was so afraid of not being the best employee so that to keep my job at that time 
but once I, you know, my, my daughter was, uh, youngest daughter had, had a really serious illness and my priorities really shifted. And once I shifted my priorities, well, nothing would get in the way of the time spent with my, my girls. Mm. I found that I had greater job security because I was happier. I was less stressed out. I had set my priorities and boundaries. It doesn't mean that I wasn't a good employee. I was an excellent employee, but I took that pressure and that fear out and set my boundaries and priorities and people respected it. You've got to give, you've got to trust people to respect your boundaries. I think we think we're indispensable <laughs> and you know, the business can't thrive without us. But if we could delegate, get support, make a clear stand on what our priorities are and set some boundaries around that, you'll find a lot of people will respect that. You know, just recently I set a boundary and I was even questioning, oh, I should just let it go. What's the big deal? Because I was receiving so much resistance. And I could hear this little voice in my head saying, no, you set a boundary, just leave it. Be the last person to speak, <laughs> you know. And it was amazing. <laughs> I just told myself keep quiet, and uh, it was actually successful in the fact that I, you know I could honor myself without feeling like I compromised myself because of the resistance, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, yeah, it was interesting because I could hear this little voice inside me saying, "No, just leave it. Don't say anything." <laughs> You know, you've set a boundary, don't don't go back on it. And I think that can be very challenging for people. I heard someone today um, speaking, uh, my coach, Brendan Burchard, has this um, growth day and he had a, a speaker today, Gloria Atamo, I believe her last name is. And she said something that I was like, I am so stealing that, so stealing that. And she said, when you break your uh, commitment to creating a new habit or a boundary or not keeping your priorities at the forefront, what you need to do is have a negative, um, what is it? A negative reaction, not a negative reaction, a negative consequence to you breaking your boundary or breaking your habit. You know, we reward ourselves when we keep it. Right. You need to have a negative consequence when you break it. And I'm like, oh, that's good. Like, she, like if she broke something, maybe with, with her diet or something, she wouldn't have coffee for a week and she needs her coffee. So yeah. just having the kind of punish, <laughs> the punishment. So it's to gotta speak. be a consequence. Yeah, having that consequence of, of breaking it. And I'm like, I'm not, I have a couple of clients I can try that with. I can't wait to steal that one. See how it works out. And, you know, I think that just reinforces how important our commitments should be to ourselves. You know, when people look at their calendars and let's say someone phones them up and they don't look at their to-do list. I'm always talking to people, my clients, about it's great on the to-do list, but you need to put it in your calendar. Schedule it. Yeah, schedule if it's it. not scheduled, it's not happening. But also, if you're going to cancel it, don't you don't want to cancel yourself. You've got to treat yourself just like you would your clients. Mm -hmm. And years ago, um, when I was working with a business coach, it was interesting because I said, you know, my, my kids are with me all the time. We're shuttling from this activity to the next, yet they were still crying for attention. 
And uh, she said, well, schedule a date with each one of them and have some of one-on-one time. And it was fascinating, the shift that occurred when you, when you make that priority and keep them on the calendar just as important as all those other things you have on the calendar. So you got to do the same thing for yourself. Yeah, no, that's great. I, when you said that, I remember doing that with my kids. My kids are, you know, in their 30s now, but um, I remember we had Friday night was date night, and um, yeah, we had those dates in the calendar, and I took vacations with them separately too. You know, at a certain age, they got a trip with mommy anywhere in the world they wanted to go, so that they could have that one-on-one time with me because as as a single mom I was I was stretched a bit I mean their dad was a part of their lives but not that much part of their lives after the divorce and um so yeah it's you really have to schedule it I live with I've got my online calendar I'm on my paper calendar I've got you know my acuity scheduling and I've got my google calendar and every night and this is a high performance habit for sure Every night I review what's on the calendar for the next day, but I also make sure that I put in little breaks for myself. Like you said, you've got to schedule time for for yourself. I put in my pit stops, 15 minutes to get up, move. I've got a mini trampoline downstairs. Sometimes I need some energy, so I move around, or I'll have a five or 10 minute quick little zen meditation break, get some water, chase the dog, say hi to the hubs, but always it's never back to back to back because I want my next appointment, next client, next uh, task, I should say, to get the best of me, not what's left over. And so I schedule that in. And so my calendar is in 15 minute increments and I get, I won't do a back back to back. I won't squeeze anybody in. There are exceptions here and there, of course, but as a general rule, I am in integrity and in congruence with what I teach my clients to do so that they end the day with as much energy as you started the day. And really what it comes down to is building in habits that are going to lead to your success and not compromising your values more than anything. Because those values, when you compromise them, you feel it. Yeah, you hit the nail right on the head. It really is being committed, um, being congruent, um, challenging yourself, but also creating the habits that support your priorities and values and saying no to anything that doesn't. Because we've got to give up some bad habits too, you know, that checking the email first thing in the morning, like don't do that to yourself. You know, put something nourishing in your sight, in your brain, before like even how we check our emails is important you know do what's important to you first mm-hmm. take a break you know don't spend more than a certain amount of time on it set some timers and then go back and tend to everybody else's needs and priorities in your inbox you know really put your oxygen mask on first when it comes to your priorities and values yeah i've heard people say body before business so they always make sure that they work out or do something for their body before business Mm-hmm. I've heard core before coffee. I've heard um, <laughs> people um, reading the Bible before they start their day. Mm-hmm. They'll take a form of scripture or a motivational video, you know, to mm-hmm. really set their day for success. And I think people take it for granted. So why are most people underperforming? 
Um, most people I have noticed are underperforming for one of three reasons, fear, you know, and being aware of what your fear is important, that they're, they're, they're fearing um, the process might be too hard, um, the outcome might not be what they expect, or they may lose something in the process. You know, I, I've met, I've had some clients who actually feared being successful because they feared it would pull them away from their family. You know, it's like new level, new devil kind of thing. Right. And so they unconsciously keep themselves at a certain level because it's comfortable. They've gotten used to it. The family is used to it. What if they lose something in the process? Some women may have some fear of being more successful than their husbands. And what will that do to the relationship? And then you've got frustration because the mistakes and the mishaps and the bumps along the way, or maybe it's taking longer than you had hoped it would be, and it's frustrating and you want to give up. And most people tend to give up just before that breakthrough happens. You know, <laughs> I've seen yeah. it on so many occasions. And then, you know, I feel fatigue is one of them as well. You know, you know you just are. Even when you're talking about that, what just hit me was that especially that fear of fear of success. And it just, it was just like boomed, <laughs> you know, that fear of success and fear of, you know, not having time with your family, that if you build in the right habits, what you're fearing is not going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. But most people have seen, you know, have brought into the idea that in order to have it all, they have to be it all and do it all. And that's why learning the habits and practices of high performance, you can have it all without having to do it all, you know, but what you're doing is much more effective and it actually gives you more time to spend on what's important to you. Different things are important for different people. So whether it's your family, whether it's a charity, whether it's your philanthropic endeavors, volunteering, um, or just serving more people, taking more clients, whatever that is for you, right. you get to design your life so that you're the best you in doing what's important to you. Exactly, exactly. So how can we set ourselves up for success to win the day? Well, I love what you said about the morning routine. You know, how you do one thing is how you do everything. And so it's really, really important to have a morning routine that sets you up to win the day. So there's also planning the day. Don't let your day run you. You've got to run your day with what is where. And we, we already talked about that as well, planning it, scheduling it, and also um, the transitions, the breaks. There's not only breaks to re-energize your mental energy and your physical stamina, but this transitions from, you know, being in work mode and on the computer to being um, with your family or with your friends. And so give yourself time to, um, I'd like to say transition the energy. Right one task to the other because I you know I'll have tasks where I'm just doing emails and responding to emails I'm also helping my elderly dad so that takes a certain amount of energy that I've got to prepare for breathe through and then get him on the phone with his 88 year old forgetful self and <laughs> run through those things and then I, I don't want to take that same energy of daddy frustration 
with love to my clients. So I've got to allow myself to, you know, get rid of that energy of being the good daughter and get into the empowered energy of being a powerful, successful coach. And so allow yourself transitions based on how your day is scheduled and planned that you have control of. And so that's how you can really set yourself up to win the day. So it really comes down to an energy management, knowing where your energy sometimes goes away and how you can re, you know, get it going again, generating it. I love how you talked about the, having the trampoline, you know, or putting that movement yeah. in to generate the energy that you need often comes with movement. Yes, and that's what a power plant does. It generates energy. But I want to make one distinction here is that you really want to, like a pit stop, generate more power and energy before you're completely depleted. So that's what the pit stops do. That's what the transitions does. We are, um, you know, programmed to wait till we're tired to rest. <laughs> yeah. yeah, hi, I'm tired. I got to take a rest. I'm stressed out. I got to stop. What a high performance life will help you do is to set yourself up not to get tired and not to be stressed because you're always taking the breaks and the transitions to replenish before you poop out on the track and run out of gas. It's like eating breakfast and not eating again until the day is over. No, you've got to have little generating funny energy in there before you get tired and then you find yourself hey, you know, I'm performing well today. That's high performance. I didn't get tired. I didn't get cranky. I didn't snap at anybody. You know, I wasn't hangry. You never want to talk to a hangry person. You know, I felt good and I gave my best. And that's where you can really say, you know what? I won the day. They didn't rule over me. And that's so important. You know, when you feel like you're in control of the results that you have, it's so empowering right? Because you see the progress, you see the momentum, and you can feel it in your body. And that's truly that state of flow or being in the zone that we hear about. Yeah, yeah. And I love the fact that when, you know, I shut down my computer for the night, I'm not going to spend time with my husband like that. It's like, okay, what's for dinner? You know, I mean, especially with COVID, you know, we're getting creative in the kitchen. So I told him he has to buy me a bigger house with a bigger kitchen because there's too many of us in there now. But it really is, you know, and I just think about the time when I used to come home and just be exhausted and cranky and make me a drink and uh, like who wants to be in that energy space all the time? I want I want people to enjoy being around me. And I realized during that time we spoke about earlier when my relationship nearly went kaput that, gosh, I didn't want to be around me either like that. Very true, very true. So we're almost at the end here. I want to know what book has influenced your life? I have to say, the one that had one of the biggest impacts on me was Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Yeah. Yeah. You know, Rich Dad, Poor Dad really set me up to um, live a life where I work because I choose to and I get to do what I love because I, I learned financial education that I never learned in school. 
and how to do that. And then um, it's funny because I do a, a monthly newsletter called What's Eva Reading? <laughs> yeah, that's and I, I And I just kind of set it up. I just, when I was away, I was reading um, Badass Habits by Jen Sincero. And I love all of the badass books. Um, so they've been powerful. And, and, and of course, uh, High Performance Habits by Brendan Burchard really set me on the path of how to set my day up to win so that I feel good, everybody around me feels good, we're, we're productive, we're effective, we're getting things done, we're moving my priorities forward and I'm going in the right direction. That's awesome. And leading truly by example. Yes, yes. So what does it mean to you to live rich from the inside out? For me, it's freedom to, to design a life that I want to live and be congruent to that, not to let other people's priorities pull me off, but pull me out of what makes my heart sing. And, and I love making a difference for people and having an impact. And this last year, I've seen myself rise to the occasion of using my voice to make a difference and to support a cause that's very near and dear to my heart. And that's really helping people take a stand for cultural inclusivity in their lives and businesses. So that's really me living rich and not living small. It's playing a bigger game yes. and not being afraid of what people think of me because of it. And that's so important. Like we sh there's that quote, you know, Marianne Williamson that we hear about our deepest fear and people are also that you can light other candles without losing your own light, you know, all these different quotes, but it really is about showing up as the best version of yourself and sharing it with other people. Mm -hmm. Yeah. A story not shared doesn't serve. And so, you know, we get to come out of hiding, share our stories, and, you know, our stories could be someone else's survival guide. So I know the more I share my story, the more I use my voice. And it was funny, um, years ago, I had a coach tell me that, you know, I was playing small and not using my voice, and she had me create this powerful mantra, this personal empowering mantra that I say every morning in the shower, and I've been saying it probably or five years but last year was the year I really lived into it and it was like oh my god I'm doing it <laughs> and it's you know it's ramped up right to that level but it's like wow people are looking to me as a um, a role model and as a guide to, to walk through these difficult conversations in their relationships and around different difficult subjects and it's like wow I can make a difference and it was just a powerful awareness that I came to, to notice about myself and the journey that it took for me to get there and the coaches and mentors that helped me along the way so it's been really powerful. You know that makes me think of something that I heard recently and I think it was maybe it's in how to do the work that I'm reading from the holistic psychologist um, Dr. Nicola LaPera, and she, it was a reminder that wherever you are, you're exactly where you need to be, and to trust that where you're heading 
like as you said it in the shower in the nighttime, that as you focus on where you're going, eventually you will get there with the right habits in place. What you focus on grows. Yep. Yeah. And so, you know, how can people stay in touch? You know, it's really, really difficult. You just go to (laughs) talkwitheva.com. That's awesome. I love it. I love it. And are the, you on social media platforms? I'll get it all in the show. Notes. Yes, I am on um, Instagram. I'm on Facebook, you know, Eva Medelec. Uh, not really hard to find. Excellent. Talk with Eva. I love it. Such a yeah, just talkwitheva.com. I love talking with people. I love connecting with people. And I love showing them a path, like that GPS to, to where they want to go and helping them get clear on what that destination is for them as well. Well, thank you so much for joining us on the show. It's been such a pleasure. You've brought such wisdom and sharing your story as well. Uh, I want to commend you and acknowledge that, you know, sometimes those stories and being vulnerable can be challenging for us to share. And but like you said, it could be someone's survival guide. So thank you so much for stepping up to use that story to serve. Thank you for having me. It's been my pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for joining us here on The Millionaire Woman Show. You can also go over to DebraKazowski.com, get your free download of three-part mini course of Making Habits Stick so you can put some focus and consistency into your game and getting the results that you want. As well, go rate, review, hit the bell, subscribe if you're watching us here on YouTube, and Drop a comment, take a picture that you're listening to this podcast wherever you are in the world and uh, we'll and tag us and we'll share it in our stories so that we can ensure that more people are listening to high performance habits and the other content here on the Millionaire Woman Show. As Mohammed Gandhi said, be the change you wish to see in the world.